When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Making Moves. I'm here today with host of The Real Pod, former college athlete, TED Talk speaker, wifey, and one of the biggest Swifties I know, Miss <laughs> Victoria Garrick Brown. Yay! Woo! Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited to have you because I cannot wait to talk about Taylor Swift. Oh my god! Specifically, gosh. Travis and Taylor. Yeah, there's a lot. I feel like our worlds just collided with like our love for football, and then. It, uh, the, honestly, our, our pop girly. Arguably, is it uniting the world? Because NFL and Swifties, that was a crossover we never saw coming. Is it uniting the world, period? <laughs> like, they are doing more than what Kelly Clarkson did on American Idol, bringing America together right now. It's crazy. It's really, it's really wild. I was pretty shook just to see her, like, in the box with the mom when it had been, like, rumored. I'm like, whoa. I'm like, we jumped to, like, level six here. Never in a million years did I think the rumors were true. Did you? I I didn't think they were true, but then when his brother confirmed it, I fully believed that. Like, people, really? People, I still didn't. I still did. I definitely did. I was like, because you, when you're in that world, you do not say anything about Taylor that is not true. Like, if they were to claim that there was something going on and there wasn't, That's you're true. over. Like, so I was like, they would never speak out of turn, I think. Like, if it wasn't true, you wouldn't to say you're talking to someone when you're not. So I fully was bought in when that happened. But then I didn't expect to see them in the flesh together. <laughs> so soon. Yeah. Uh, well, their podcast dropped today. Travis. And oh, I woke up and listened to my me bed. Me too. Literally, Literally, I listened to the whole thing. <laughs> I was like, li- like fast forwarding. I, had, like, I don't care about the f- football I highlights. Literally, it was stopping my alarm and playing the pod. <laughs> Okay, so what did you think about his little recap? I thought it was so great. Of course, I'm thinking about all the nitty gritty. I'm like, did they send that snippet to Tree? And did Taylor's team listen and approve? Like, But I thought it was a super classy. He had to talk about it because that's his thing. She's very private. They have their podcast. Uh, his like brother's wife's a whore. <laughs> he, he's definitely out there. So I I expected, like, of course, I think that was on brand for him. And I love that he did. I think he did it 
in a really great way. It was very him. He was very it was complimentary. Really cute. It was super cute. And then he had his very slick, and you'll never hear me talk about it again, which is the stamp of maybe what's yeah. happening because if yeah. you're going to be with Taylor, it's everything's top secret. Okay, that's why I thought that it was t- like a PR, like this isn't real because I was like, there's no way in hell she's like, going on dates with this guy or like hooking up with him or whatever they're doing and he's just like on his podcast being like yeah I wanted to see if like she could come watch me like <laughs> show out on Arrow at Arrowhead like I was like there's no way she like liked that but I feel like she's in her YOLO era right Maybe. now which I'm loving for her um and I agree I, I love just, it I really like it it's a new type of a new type of man's mm-hmm. I feel like i mean you'd married to a former quarterback like we i love a football player a lot actually some of my audience were being so funny they're like taylor is getting closer and closer to becoming you yes i I wish and then maybe the closer i've always felt like so similar to her just i mean i feel like every swifty feels this way you listen to her albums and you're like she wrote this for me like literally this is my life so now that she's like getting into the football world especially Especially with the fact that I've done, I've lo- I love Taylor, and I've done so many videos about her, and with Max, who is a football analyst, and like now that the worlds are colliding, it's it's wild. And I'm like, I was actually laying in bed yesterday. I think about this nonstop. It's it's in the back of my oh, mind is Taylor's life always. Yeah. Um, and I was like counting how many people we are away from Travis, two. Oh, I, I'm one away. You're yeah. one? Uh-huh. That is wild. It's wild. And my two is a loose two. Like, it really? would be like, it would be, yeah, like, I, That's okay, kind of a, loose a one. really, really close friend, his buddy was in the booth. Okay, that's crazy. Yeah. But I don't at all know the buddy. Okay, what was the vibe of the booth? Then. I don't know. You don't know. Anything? I don't know. All I know is what he, Travis had said, which because I didn't, I didn't dig. I, I, I just also you just I'm, I don't know. Like I, I, what, what was I supposed to say? Also, this really close friend is like a guy. Like okay. he's not he's gonna not be like about oh, the man, details. I have all this stuff to tell you. Like he's like, uh, I don't know. I didn't ask. I'm yeah. like, okay, <laughs> wow. That was the thing that blew my mind is the people that were in there like fully focused on the game. Like I'm like no. You should just be staring, living, breathing, smelling Miss Swift. Like, y'all don't understand how insane this is. <laughs> um, Especially I, the people who were right in front of there. I would have just turned around oh, and been like this the whole well, game. thank God for them because they were, like, filming everything she was doing. And I was like, thank God for y'all. I didn't actually see a lot of those videos. Really? I, I know. I didn't my see a lot of My entire For You page was oh, hot. My entire feed was it. But I wasn't getting the, like, I was getting, like, all the news outlets. Okay. And just the same things that we've been seeing. I wasn't getting those, like, someone who was in the arena. Yeah. Like, here's the video. So do you think they were like going on dates hanging out before the game or do you think that was their first like okay let's just see and she I, was like he i have <laughs> i wait did you, see the, did you see the videos that were like travis apparently is very like um on the field when he's celebrating his touchdowns like he go he's very out there and that the whole game he was very like no, like no, like <laughs> he was nervous. That's what I'm saying. Like he is such like I don't know him actually personally, but like he is such a lively, outgoing, yeah. like confident. Honestly, like 
to some degree like douchey guy where he's like out on the field like doing touchdown celebrations like I don't know some coaches don't like that I live for it because I'm like yes yeah. like King like give me your stanky leg like he like, does <laughs> he does that on the field I love it but like that's why I was like it, for a touchdown celebration he's, is he gonna like do the bejeweled dance uh, that would have been <laughs> or like the fearless heart no but that's where I think he was a little giddy and nervous like he got shy shy boy yeah and that's so not in that video of them walking after the game like he was so quiet that no, is not was, him. That video looked like <laughs> someone took a video of me and my crush sophomore year walking down the hallway. Like it was so funny. She's like, "Hey, how's it going?" And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, he was like, "Fuck, this is the coolest moment yeah. of my fucking life." He's like, "Don't fuck it up." Um, but what I will say that I love the most about this, and I've been like having these conversations with friends and Max, is how he seems like of anyone she's dated because he's an elite athlete two-time Super Bowl champion like gonna be Hall of Famer he gets the grind and he also has no like ego complex that could be shattered like and I we Max and I Max and I think that he is like so about her stardom thinks it's amazing like respects the shit out of her yes and like would never be threatened by it and I feel like that's been something that we Swifties have worried about in the past is like can you handle this literal stardom like most famous person on the planet Mm -hmm. in my opinion Mm -hmm. um well deserved and he, I think he's someone who would be like go get him babe like that's my girl selling out all those I shows I think he thinks it's hot yes he's like, like it's fine not, attractive his ego isn't threatened at all which I love and I think it's so important especially when with successful women and those men are hard to come by mm-hmm. I also think he like respects her entire craft and like realizes that they're such different people because they've both dated such different people in the past. I think they're both respectful of that and they're like willing to try something new, which I think is really cool. Yeah, to be a fly on the wall. Oh, I know. We're gonna play a little game. I don't know if you'll like it because it's a little it's a little raunchy game. It's fork Mary Kill. Are you down to play? No, I'm down and I'm trying to be a little more. I'm in my sexy era. Okay, I have a little cleavage today. Okay, hot. Yeah. I love it. I'm 26 and finally trying to like <laughs> literally be sexy. Okay, you're down to play. <laughs> We're calling it Fork, Mary Kill. Okay. Um, And it's T-Swift edition. Like as in songs or yeah. albums? Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. No, oh my this God, is going to so be really out. hard. This is going to be <laughs> it's, really... it's literally everything. So there's like guys, there's exes, there's... Okay. We're going to get into okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, the first one is <laughs> Travis Kelsey. Okay. Maddie Healy, Joe Alwyn. Okay, I am gonna have to go marry Travis to support what's I'm supporting where she's at right now. Same. And then uh I don't know a lot about Maddie Healy, honestly. And when that was going on, I knew it was never gonna be anything real. I was like not even consuming it mm-hmm. and getting invested because I was like, this is same. Whatever. Um I've heard, I don't know, I don't even know what the things are, but I've heard like sus things about him. Oh, yeah. I've heard very sus things about so, him, and I don't find him to be attractive for in the slightest. For that reason... Sorry. <laughs> I saw fans. Hannah Burner did a stand-up and said he looks like a cigarette. He, <laughs> he looks like a cigarette. But, All of her exes kind of look like a cigarette. Well, except she for the usually is with those taller, lanky guys, and so that's why I love that she's with this like you know chiseled, muscular Well, that athlete. was the other thing I was going to say is... I love that he can actually protect her. Let's say she's out and about and like uh, a crazy fan comes up. He could actually wait, kick some ass. you're so right. Like, oh wait, that's so funny because- Like no one else would kick ass. She would be kicking their wait, ass. When I saw the video of them 
driving away in the getaway car. Yes. I was like, where's her security? She's usually rolling deep no, with like five she's people. With Travis forking Kelsey. And, and so, he's gonna kick ass. No, wait, that's so and makes it's hot. sense now. I'm like, why was there no there should have been security in the backseat? Like it's Taylor Swift, but the way that you're so right. Because he, he's literally a beast. He could throw <laughs> fists for her. Like he probably could tackle her whole security yes. team. He knows how to, if anyone knows how to tackle, it's him. I love that. You're yeah. so right. The other guys would have been like, oh, I don't want to get dirty. Oh my God. No, they, I, I can't with that artsy so cigarette, guys. I'm going to have to, Kill feels like really aggressive. Let go of Maddie and okay. Joe Fork is what's Joe. left. Okay. <laughs> Fork Joe. Okay. Okay. Next um, question is 1989, reputation and lover. Okay. Um, what is your favorite album, by the way? My top I I should know this. three are Rep, Folklore, and Fearless. Oh, I did know that. You said that on a podcast. I have rarely said that, though, because it's really hard. That's my, I will say, that's my current top three. It changes depending on the seasons of your life you're in. Um, So I would say, here's where I'm at. Rep is like a spirit album for me. So that cannot be let go of. Lover is contains my first dance song well so that's why I, I put it in there because i was right. like so i can't like can't i it. can't let go of that and then 1989 oh god but it has wildest dreams and it has bling space and it has new romantics and max is a 1989 stan that's his top album <laughs> that doesn't shock me i think i'm gonna go you know what with the exception of lover the song i honestly think i would Mary Rep, Fork, 1989. Kill And let go of Lover, just from the sense of the scope of bangers on one album. Okay, fair enough. What do you think Travis's favorite uh, album is? Ooh. um, I could see him as a rep boy. The same. I just know for a fact he was at the concert at Era's. Yeah. And like, he was just like dilly dallying, like, not really paying attention, like, being like, oh, this is cool. And then that she came out for rep and he was like, holy shit, she's hot. Literally. Like, yeah. I think he had a moment. I, I feel like I can see that happening. But it's weird because I can also see him being like, I knew you, rolling it. And just like singing cardigan and being like, totally the opposite. True. So. True. But I just think rep, like, uh, that's the album that like shocks people. It has the wow factor for I me. Just, I literally love that album so much. Mm -hmm. And her so... performing it live is like insane. And the rep tour was absolutely unreal. Yeah, like it, it, just the snakes, the whole branding, everything. Okay, love it. Next question is places our girl has lived. New York, Nashville, and Rhode Island. Ooh, okay. So Last Great American Dynasty is one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs ever. Mm -hmm. And it's about the Rhode Island house. Rebecca wrote up on the so good. <laughs> I was blown away that she played the entire song at the concert because a lot of the songs she was doing just like verse chorus tr transition, mm -hmm. and that one she gave us verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus. I was like, she knew you'd she gave, be there. I mean, I was blown away. So I'm gonna have to say Rhode Island is my Mary. Okay, I would love to go to that house. Holy shit! I know. See the videos of her singing karaoke that they heard in the street. Huh? Yeah, someone was driving by and they could hear karaoke. And it was like her singing, I think it was My Heart Will Go On. Shut up. Yeah, with like one of her, her friend oh parties. God. Well, isn't that the house where they have the 4th of July parties? Yeah. Oh, I, I would die to go to one of those. Yeah. Oh, my God. Same. Oh my Literally, God. Same. <laughs> Literally um, same. I once thought about the list of things I would do to like just like interview her on my podcast or like meet her. Like it's kind of crazy. Like I would cut off one of my fingers easy. 
same. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would shave my entire head. Honestly, I think I would too. Yeah. And I would keep shaving it. If we did a full year of shaved head, I would totally do okay. it. Okay. Wigs. I mean, yeah. Well, not whatever. But I uh like the things I would do. Um so Mary, Rhode Island. And then I'm going to fork New York because it's just such an iconic, great city. I love Nashville. I've only been it two times. I just don't know enough about it. So Got for it. that reason, it's my let go. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much to Apartments.com for sponsoring this episode of Making Moves. Apartments.com believes a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. If you did have her on your podcast, like what would be the number one question you would want to ask I literally her? have a list of notes page in my phone with all my questions. Okay. It's been manifested. What would be like, that's that's great. <laughs> what would be like one of the main things you'd want to ask? Oh my gosh. Um, I think one of like my greatest desires is like, understanding more of her like everyday week type situation and like how she goes about her actual life because we don't know a lot about that you know like we see what we see and we've seen what we've seen in the documentaries but we don't I'm just curious like it's like the little things like what time do you like to wake up in the morning do you use your phone as an alarm I'm and like, what then, does she eat do you I, FaceTime your mom every morning who do you face yeah what are your favorite meals like it's all that stuff but 
I don't know if she would ever even want to reveal it because that's the allure of Taylor, which I would respect as well. In which case, I have other questions that we could totally talk about. I actually like that I don't know because I agree. I'm like way more into it. It's like a mystery. Yeah, she's. So, it's like she tells us in a weird way. She gives us all of the deep stuff that most celebrities don't tell you, but then doesn't give the surface level things. And that's the opposite of what every other person does. Mm-hmm. Like what if one day she just uploaded a vlog? <laughs> If she did one of those like get ready with me like glamour videos. Oh my gosh, I would not be my okay. makeup routine. She can't. She's she is too famous. That's we don't even know who her makeup artist that's is. Why she, oh, I do. Oh, you do? Yeah, and her stylist. Oh, I well, do you know her both. hair? Yeah. Who is it? I don't know the name off the top of my okay. head, but I follow them all. Okay. See, like uh, that's crazy because like I feel like all the other big celebrities like it's always like tagging. Blah blah. We don't even know. Oh, I feel like she just she's keeps, just a different level of fame. Totally. I think mm-hmm. she just keeps her circle small and, and she private. has her people. Which also, I'm like, those people spend so much time with her, just glamming her every day of the Eras tour. Like, she's sitting with you for an hour. Like, what is she talking about? God, I'm obsessed with her. I, I don't know. What does she eat before? How, like, what if she has a stomach ache? I, how does she do it in heels? I don't. What if she has to pee? She's like, in, she's not human in those ways. That's what's crazy to me. Yeah. She's a god. What if she wakes up and she's like, I'm not feeling I'm on my period? She is a false. <laughs> yeah, she is. Okay, last one of Fork Mary Kill is we're gonna do people that have featured on her songs: Kendrick Lamar, Ice Spice, and Ed Sheeran. That is so hard. And there's one woman. I feel like if I don't like marry the woman, I'm gonna get that's like not women for women. That's tough. <laughs> <laughs> I, my brain thinking of how I'm gonna be canceled. Yeah, I, I promise you won't get canceled. But like, Ice Spice like rocks. Like, yeah, you she could does. I don't know enough about her music though. Like, I'll be honest. I. I'm, She'd probably be a great I'm gonna, fork. I'm, <laughs> for sure. I'm going to marry Ed Sheeran. Okay. I love his music. He's great and seems like a sweetheart and just a really good person. And they're really good friends. Yeah, he seems like he loves um, Taylor. And then I have Ice Spike and Kendrick. Love them both. Um. Oh, my gosh. Uh. What was the Kendrick song? I'm li- Bad Blood. No. Uh, I know that one. Oh. But uh, it was literally... The most iconic song. I'm blinking. A poop on that TikTok. A watch my soul speak. um, You let the meds talk. uh, Uh, I got loyalty. Uh, uh, No, no, no. Uh, Uh, Sit down. Be humble. Yeah, be humble. humble. Be humble. Literally came out the year I gave my TED talk. So it would be like that TED talk, and it was like so sick at like the parties and stuff with my friends. So (laughs) I have a special place in my heart for for be humble. But I'm gonna go with um, forking ice spice. Okay. R.I.P. Kendrick. But I, of course, have to say nice things about Kendrick. Yeah, of yeah. course. It's okay. <laughs> You're not going to get canceled. I promise. No Making Moves listener is going to cancel you know Victoria so today. Fun, you know, we, and we, we should talk about this. Yeah. I literally don't, like, even this type of, like, Fork Mary Carol, like, I don't ever do this stuff publicly. I'm, like, a, like, I don't comment on people and things. Like, it's... Well, I heard you say that. That's why I wanted to do it. No. And I'm glad that we did, and I need to just do it, and, like, it's fine. Like, why am I so afraid? It's the people pleaser in me wants to be liked by everyone, doesn't want to say anything wrong, step out of place. I was going to ask that. Why are you so afraid when it's, like, just a silly little game? Are you thinking about how it could be taken to a cancel-worthy level? Or, like, how you can meet someone one day? Like, I know I cut back on talking about celebrities sometimes when I was like, fuck, I am friends with their friend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like... Even like my one of my best friends there texted me a photo or video from this other creator and like said something kind of like rude. And I literally like was like frozen and like and she goes, I know you're not going to respond to this text because like I it's like I don't know, like 
it's like hard for me. And I think that's a good thing, but I know it's not that deep. And I literally just had Amanda Hirsch from Not Skinny But Not Fat on my podcast and I love her. And she comments and talks about celebrities all the time. And she's was always like, well, we're just talking about what we know. I don't know. I guess maybe I'm just sensitive or I'm in my era of like thinking a lot about other people's feelings. Mm-hmm. I really don't know. I should talk to my therapist about it. Let me know if you have thoughts. It's so weird because part of me extremely admires that about you and I I do think to some degree it's corny when people talk about their whole contents about someone else but but I also am like I'm consuming it well I I think for me that is probably a big part of it it's like I am not a pop culture person Taylor is my only pop culture like content pillar like interesting so you just don't care well I about other pop culture I love pop culture and I literally follow pop e-news and Amanda Hirsch and I do enjoy that stuff and I'm very in the know like if something happens with celebrities or kids or whatever like I know but I think because I do so much of fostering conversations about vulnerability and our struggles and what we're secretly going through like that that maybe comes through a lot when I think about other people it's like there's so much to their story that like I don't know and uh, yeah I don't know. It's just maybe the place that I'm at. Don't get me wrong. Like growing up, I talked a lot of shit. I gossiped with my friends. Like I just would rather talk about having an existential crisis. Like I don't know. Well, you know, one of my favorite quotes is by Eleanor Roosevelt. You've probably heard of it. Do you know what I'm talking? What is I'm it the say? small mind? Yes. Uh, that's one of my favorite quotes, but I will say, I guess we should say it. Yeah, I was just gonna say you should say it. <laughs> it's small minds discuss people average minds discuss events and um large minds discuss ideas and i think it is true i think it's very true that larger minds discuss ideas because they want to discuss like things they're excited about or whatever instead of discussing people and obviously this is like such a fun charming game and like we're not talking shit about anyone but my best friend aubrey and i i have a second podcast called so much to say and we're reading this book about ego and your unconscious mind and her and I have had conversations about gossiping and like even when you go to like an event or a wedding and like you just love to come home and be like oh my god the family this that this that can you believe they did like it's like the come home and it's like so much fun to like have this shit fest of the negativity and Aubrey and I were talking about how it's like we do that because a part of us then feels good that like there's something wrong with other people because there's secretly something wrong with us and if we can point out what's wrong with other people like a little part of our ego feels better that like yeah, like I'm not the only one. You know, it's, like, it's always like a projection. When someone starts shit talking and you're in the room, how do you navigate that? You know, what's wild about this question and then a question I get a lot too is like, how do you handle people who are talking about their body and like what they're eating? Like I have a decently small, small, small circle and they know me so well that like I'm having the hour long conversations with my friends where we're crying about deep shit and I'm probably not the one they call to like bitch about X, Y, Z the same way that I don't friends in front of me like aren't shitting on their bodies, aren't saying toxic things about food. Like but when I'm in like when I went on a brand trip or when I do things and I'm out of my mm-hmm. circle, I'm like, whoa, I'm like girls are talking about their bodies and how they hate the way they look and food like all the time. I'm almost like now in this bubble of like my safe space where people like know me and they just honestly when shit talking comes up I don't think about the other people as much as I try to take that moment for myself of like yeah what is it that I feel threatened by that I want to chime in I don't know it's a reflection I think do you have any tips as far as what to say 
if someone's like, oh my God, did you see this girl's post? She looked blah, 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 blah. It's something rude, right? They're shit talking. Like, how would you go about that? Do you have any tips on how to like redirect or like (laughs) get out of the shit talking world? Certainly. I feel that, you know, it could be as simple as, huh? Like, honestly, I was on the phone the other day with someone who was like, having this kind of conversation and I literally was like I keep saying the same thing because I like don't know what to say like I'm not going to jump in so I think you could be like yeah I mean that's super interesting and yeah I wonder why you know like one of those like little like little things that kind of like fade the convo out and you've you haven't really had a lot of judgment but you're at least Mm -hmm. opening the door of like huh yeah I wonder like there's probably a lot going on you know to paint the picture of there's a lot that we don't know and we can't judge um I think that would be an easy way to go about the gossiping. And then as far as like the body image comments, you know, I think a subject change is always good. Um, I try to let it just go in one ear out the other um, and not engage. And I think just topic switching is also helpful. Mm -hmm. I was listening to you on a few other podcasts and you were saying you were so the friend that like sits down at a table and is like, let's play you know the getting to know you game or like have these deep questions that's literally me to a t <laughs> me too I, like, I'm I like can't that sit annoying there. ass I'm bitch like, yeah what are we gonna talk about yeah I'm like I can't I can't sit there and just talk about the pop, pop culture we need to get deep and yeah. like do a game or something so um is there like a go-to question that you love that gets really deep or gets people going that you love to bring up in convo Yes. Okay, what is it? I got it from the We're Not Really Strangers card game. Oh, I play that all the time a little bit. It's what about you feels the most misunderstood. Whoa. What do, What would you say that is for you? You know, I thought about this the other day because I used to have an answer for this that I, was my go-to, and I, I think I have it. Um, what I used to say, which is still true, I've been through a lot in the past year and a half, two years. So I feel like now with my close circle, like it's not this way, but I used to feel that because I became such a confident public speaker and advocate for mental health and I built this business, I sometimes felt like people didn't understand like how tough it was for me at one point or maybe we're focused so much on like the success of where things are. But what was misunderstood was like, how dark the place I was at at the time really was. Whoa. So that to me, like sometimes I feel like people look at me and they think like. You have it all together. Yeah. And there's like no way. Mm -hmm. And so that used to be what I'd say. But I don't know if I feel that way anymore. I have to think about my current answer. What's yours? I mean, that rings a bell for me as far as what you just said. Like the last year I'd be like, oh, I went through a quarter life crisis. But I was like, it was kind of bad. Like. (laughs) Yeah. As far as like what I was like dealing with on my own, I would really need to think about it. Yeah. No, that's that's not a question anyone can. Ha- you cannot half ass answering that question. Mm-hmm. What What is it again? What, what about you feels most misunderstood? Misunderstood. I would say just on a surface level, definitely th- people think I like have this don't give a fuck persona. I think people think I have a lot harder of a shell than I do. Mm-hmm. That is just like a the obvious yeah like i'm sure there are some deeper stuff that i would just need to think about for right a second. right no it takes thought like for sure mm-hmm. we could pause for 20 minutes and come back but <laughs> we, i don't know if we have that time yeah. victoria's a very busy girl no but i know what you mean <laughs> i want to touch a little bit on 
mental health stuff. Clearly, you have done, you know, the TED Talk about it. You went to USC. You had this insane volleyball career. You still do public speaking on behalf of, like, you know, athletes and mental health and whatever. Um, And you have this nonprofit, which is so awesome. The Hidden Opponent, all about mental health and whatnot. You just referred to in the last two years, you were like, it's been a big struggle. What are you referring to? Yeah, well, that's that's tough, too, because as someone who's super public and candid online, I'm candid about like my life and my experiences. And when you go through things that involve other people and your personal life, you just can't really put it fully on display. Mm -hmm. And so that's tough because I wear my heart on my sleeve and I wish I could like dissect everything for everyone. Like I would bring people into my therapy sessions if I could, but you know, it's going to involve other people and that's not fair to them. Um, but I would just say that like, I have really had to practice the art of acceptance and In that what way? we cannot change other people oh. and we cannot, you know, you could lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink And I think that is a theme that's come up in my life in so many ways and with different people at different times. And I just so badly want to help others. I want to make them happy. I want to do everything that I can. Mm -hmm. And especially with people you love, at some point, it's okay to have the acceptance of I've done everything that I can do and it's not my responsibility to fix someone else. And um, that's kind of the place I've had to get to. And honestly, it's been so freeing to finally feel that way. Mm-hmm. And it's really difficult. Like, cause especially as an athlete, I think about acceptance and I'm like, well, if you accept it, it means you're, you're okay with it. And it's like, no, it just means like I'm in alignment with what is mm. because whether I dislike it or I like it or however I feel about it, it doesn't matter because that's what happened. That That's what where we are. That's the present moment. Mm-hmm. So I can either be in alignment of the present moment and I can accept that this is what it is and then act within that alignment on how I want to move forward. Or I can add more suffering to myself by creating the resistance of, no, like this can't be the situation or this needs to be fixed and like fight against like what already is. Mm-hmm. So it's taken me a long place to get there. And if anyone is listening and resonating, I have a solo episode called you can't save someone who doesn't want to be saved. And, um, you know, I dive more into it. But, yeah, I think it's been that. Mm-hmm. The one thing that has kept me sane throughout the 75 Hard Challenge, and more importantly, has kept me hydrated the most, is Liquid IV. Y'all, when I tell you, I literally crave Liquid IV. Like, the lemon-lime flavor lives rent-free in my head. First of all, it just always quenches my thirst, but it is perfectly sour and has that tangy taste to it, and it's just so good. Like, a nice, cold, crisp glass of Liquid IV. Oh my gosh, sounds so good. Whether you hydrate to live or live to hydrate, Liquid IV quenches your thirst faster than water alone with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness all in a single sugar-free stick. So I actually just taste tested all of the flavors for you guys, the pear, the white peach, the green grape, and the lemon lime. And I have to tell you, I still think lemon lime is my favorite. (laughs) 
But my second favorite is green grape. And then my third favorite, believe it or not, is pear. I'm actually shocked by how much I like pear. And then in fourth place for me was the white peach. My favorite thing about Liquid IV is how convenient it is, especially because I am always on the go. I am booked and busy, and I'm sure you guys are too. So being able to pack it so easily in a purse or a carry-on or whatever the case is, like my work bag, I always have a Liquid IV in there because throughout my day, I get so thirsty and nothing truly satisfies my thirst craving other than a Liquid IV. Like it is so good. I literally want to make one right now. And listen, drinking water is great. Like I've been drinking so much water while doing the 75 hard challenge, but one stick of liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you way better than water alone. And I love it because I feel like it actually revives me. And the best part about it is that there's no artificial sweeteners and zero sugar. However you hydrate, grab your liquid IV hydration multiplier, sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco, or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code TK at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop better hydration today using promo code TK at liquidiv.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. On a scale of one to 10, what, where would you say your mental health is right now as far as 10 being the best? Well, if you asked me this a week ago, it would have been like four. Okay. Um, I had watched this show and got really triggered by like a scene. I don't know if really? that ever happens. It's, but I um, have never had that before where you're watching something and like a triggering thing like, happens. But I literally felt like I saw really? a scene from my life and it literally brought up the feelings as if this thing had happened yesterday when it didn't happen yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know. Um, and so it just sent me back into this really negative funk and it brought up all these emotions. And then I had to like deal with that and like reopen conversations and I realized that I had things unsaid and you know I had to close that loop and I'm so glad that I did I find that whenever I'm struggling with something you know I like to talk about it I like to have the conversation with that person I like to you know bring it to the surface I think when we push things down or we shove them under the rug it's just going to come up again mm-hmm, the same way that mm-hmm. it did when I watched this scene and so um I'm so glad I sat down and I had this conversation with this person and it was like really great and healthy and I felt like I could breathe afterwards. Mm-hmm. And now I would say I'm at a seven. <laughs> great. Um, isn't it crazy how like a song or a show or anything can take you back to any feeling like mm-hmm. in an instant? Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about that a lot. The way that words can only do so much. There is so much beyond just what we can say that we're actually feeling. Mm-hmm. It's tickling and your other senses. It's what music elicits. It's what cinema elicits. It's what a scent and a smell of something can mm-hmm. bring back for you. And you can't, when people say like, I love you so much, I can't even put words to it. Like that's what we're talking about. It's like that higher energy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's wild. And I'm trying to like get more in touch with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your social media career. And the nitty gritty of it, because 
in my eyes, you're one of my favorite people to follow. Oh my God. Um, I'm so honored. I think you are one of the few podcasts that really takes the time to like do crazy research and like really bring a lot of value I know you spend a lot of time on it you've spoken with me about it but also I just know as a viewer because like you were cutting out the nitty gritty (laughs) you were listening back to the episodes you're just putting in the work and I really respect that as a fellow podcaster myself so I want to talk a little bit about I guess as far as content creation goes when it comes to making TikToks podcasts reels whatever do you have a strategy? Are you just like throwing out to see what sticks? I want to get inside your brain a little. Yeah, I love this question. And I'm so flattered with the compliments. Thank <laughs> of you. Because um, I know as a creator, you probably feel this way. You can sometimes be like, oh, my God, all my stuff is stupid. I don't know what I'm talking about, yes. what I'm doing. And so it means a lot. I definitely am strategic in that I know, you know, like I literally flew home from Chicago on Sunday and my flight was delayed. And I literally texted Max, like, I will drive to your office in Beverly Hills. I need you in the car for 10 minutes. We have to film our reaction to Travis and Taylor. Like, it's hot right now. Mm -hmm. I know people want this video. So, of course, like, I'm thinking about it that way. I also love it. And, like, we don't script it. And there's, I just press play. And there's so much to banter. And then I edit it. Um, But, of course, I am, my wheels are turning of, like, Mm -hmm. you know, this is a hot topic right now. And I could make a good video. Um, As far as, like, strategy outside of, like, a niche example like that, Um, I really, with my content, it's super intuitive because I'm being so candid. It's really hard for me to be like, here's my week of content before the week starts and then like have that go live. Cause it's not at all like every day is very much reflective of my every day. Um, but that can be difficult because then if something happens during the day or I'm super busy, like I don't have a video planned. I don't have a thing planned. Mm -hmm. Um, so actually yesterday I was inspired by my own husband, Max, who's been killing it with content and obsessed with Max. (laughs) I love love him too. And he has literally this fall, he's a football analyst and he really wants to build his channels because, you know, there's a lot happening in the football world and to have a brand and build a brand is powerful and can lead to opportunities. So he's been telling himself just one a day, like one video a day. And I was like, why am I not doing that? Because I tell myself it's got to be three a day, three a day, three a day, because like it's my full time job. I and tell I, myself and, that too. And in the COVID, I was posting three to four times a day. It's like I literally will po- will not post for three days. And so I yesterday put into my Google Cal. It's a 10 minute time block at 10 a.m. every morning. And it just says Vic's daily content with a little heart. Because I want it to be, I'm big on like colors and if anything's in like red or it looks intense, it like elicits this feeling for me that like it's, it's anxiety inducing and draining. And I'm like, it's not, it's just Vic's daily content with a heart, like just anything, like you can be creative, think of it. So I have that. And now it's like so motivating. And I already have like four videos in my phone right now that I, like I took an Uber here instead of driving so I could use the Uber to edit the videos I wanted to post. Otherwise I would lose the time in the car and I wouldn't be able to work. I love doing that. I'm thinking about that stuff and planning that stuff. Um, I'm super grateful to have this past year expanded my team and I have a full-time employee, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, That's awesome. And yeah, we're able to really, you know, get this machine working in a really well-oiled way. Mm -hmm. What are you editing on? InShot. It's an app on my phone. I really like it. That's interesting. I don't think I've ever heard of that. I'm just like, it's kind of when you come up using like Adobe or iMovie, like you just, it's how you get onto it. And I downloaded InShot. I CapCut. It's like, I wish I was using CapCut because it didn't directly, it directly connects to TikTok, but my brain doesn't work for it. Like I know the ins and outs of InShot. So I I use InShot on my phone. Mm Mm-hmm. 
What do you think are characteristics of someone who's a successful content creator? I would say consistency and quantity. And coming from a sports background, not to say that for the third time, but like it really has impacted a lot of how I think in life. And I think when you're in the weight room, it's like quality over quantity, like slow down and like the best reps and like quality over quantity. It is the opposite with content, quantity over quality. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite things I tell myself is think less, post more. Whenever I get in my head and I start overthinking, I'm like, stop, 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 just post, press the button, post. Like I think a great creator is just like pumping out a high quantity of content and that can be one a day mm-hmm. um, and not worrying about each little thing being like perfect and buttoned up. Mm-hmm. I think it would be impossible for every video to be like perfect and buttoned up if you're going to succeed. And then I would also just say ambition and I think being super creative, like it just really comes to me, the creativity part of this work. Like when I was in fourth grade, I would make full on movies on my using my computer. I'd set my computer up to film me and my friends and then I would edit music videos like I always had mm-hmm. this in me in some way. Mm-hmm. What do you wish you were better at in regards to being a content creator? It's a good, really good question. Um, I'm like so curious to see what you're going to say because in my <laughs> eyes you're like killing it. I'm like, yeah. what the hell is she going to say? You're so sweet. That means so much to me. It's so funny how I'm thinking, like, I'm not killing it. I could be doing so much better. And then someone tells you you're Victoria, killing it. Victoria, you are killing it. <laughs> wow, thank you. That's so sweet. I think I will take a, like, slightly different answer to this question, but I think it's real. I think I'm struggling with leadership, whether I'm overthinking it or not. I do have an employee. Mm-hmm. I'm technically their boss, whatever that means. Like, I don't have corporate working experience. Um, you know, I think... I'm on emails with external teams, whether it's PR or it's an agency. And it's like, I I definitely do a good job because I am where I am. Maybe I'm being hard on myself, but like, I want to be great at it and I want to build something really special and I want to, I want to do the right thing every time. And so I'm reading this book called The Making of a Manager that was recommended to me by, um, someone uh, in the industry who is like this amazing CEO, uh, Type whisperer, just okay. guru. Wow. And it's written by, I believe the name is Julie Zhao. I just opened the book, so forgive me, the author. But she came up when like MySpace was the biggest thing. She was at Stanford. She joined uh, Facebook super early and just was a designer and kept getting promoted and promoted and promoted. And like, Whoa. she's just like, I didn't know how my, this was just my colleague and now I'm their manager. Like, how do you do these things? Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm literally a chapter in, but I'm really excited to read that book and just become better at like, like, I want to build a business, not just be a TikToker. Mm-hmm. So I want to prepare myself for that. What do you mean you want to build a business? Like, what does that entail? I want to, I think about Gary Vee. I really love the structure of everything that mm-hmm. he's done. And I think about him. Like, I want to um, have a company that has multiple employees who then run their employees. And I want to come out with something that I can... Um, s- you know, create to add value to my audience that can be a direct revenue stream between me and them. And I don't have to be so reliant on working with brands every year. What happens Mm -hmm. if something happens to brand deals or something happens to my biggest partners? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, so it's kind of those things. And I want to, you know, keep growing real pod to be this amazing podcast where it is a place that Taylor Swift would want to come on. You're welcome anytime, Tay Tay. I need Taylor Um, to go on your podcast. No, literally, I 
could make a list on why I think it's the perfect thing. I just will be your personal assistant (laughs) and hairstylist and makeup artist that day. I would fucking die (laughs) if she ever came up. Well, she will manifest. She will. Um, But yeah, it's like I noticed that a lot of my income is brand deals. That's not stable. Um, It's great and it's lucrative, but like we don't know where that's going to be in five Mm -hmm, years. mm -hmm. So I want to create my own. I don't want to call it a product, but my own thing that I believe can add value to the world and that they'd want to buy. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's all that. Um, that's what I mean. Okay. I love that. You do a lot of speaking gigs. How often do you do a speaking gig? So a lot of my public speaking is tethered to colleges and speaking to students or athletes. So it's usually in the fall, especially. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes in the spring, but then you get close to graduation. So April and May, it's not really happening. And I definitely don't speak a lot in the summer. It's kind of like the school year. Mm-hmm. So fall and uh, this week, coming week, I'll be at NC State. Oh, so awesome. Yeah. How do you prepare for a speaking gig? Because public speaking is, I think, the biggest fear in the world is the second mm-hmm. greatest fear after death. That actually used to be one of my opening jokes when I give keynotes. Oh, um, really? Yeah, so I used to give a lot of keynotes. Actually, I was thinking about this for six years. Uh, that's a lie, because junior year, it was five. I think it was five years I was giving keynotes, like full-on 45 minutes. It's me in front of people speaking. And I do think that I was born with this, and you have it. Like, you're a star. Like, you're on the mic. You're. <laughs> I'm you. thinking about this in my head, how conversational you are and entertaining you are like I think it can be a thing that you have of course it can be learned growth mindset you know Mm -hmm. you can become great at it um but I definitely had it in me so like I don't get afraid like when I'm about to speak in front of 600 people I'm like let's go like it doesn't get me nervous Mm -hmm. um but yes I you know wrote out my talk at first it was kind of I did my TED talk and I had remembered that I like ran it by my therapist because I wanted the psychologist point of view and I ran it by I called it my high school English teacher you know I'm like who do I call I'm giving a TED talk so I didn't have like a formal any formal training and then I went right into public speaking and I just kind of kept that going like it was like a variation of my TED talk that I gave to my parents and then my parents would be like well can you explain more about this or this part was too long you know they would give me feedback like that I'm so sorry to interrupt during a TED talk do you not have a teleprompter no you just wing it my TED Talk, I memorized verbatim. Shut the f- up. No. I'm so sorry. I thought they always had a teleprompter. I mean, when you're on the big TED stage with like, I'm sure they have a thing where you can see your size, you know, cards. Like I gave mine at USC. I know it was run by students. And like I either I I memorized it because the other option was to use flashcards. And I was like, F that. Like if I'm giving me a TED Talk, like I can put the time in. In my head, I was like, damn, she really did memorize this. But like every once in a while, you could if you needed to look. No. I was looking if I was looking at anything. It's because I could see my slides like right there. Okay, but my slides didn't like I saw what you saw. They didn't have notes. Um, But I and I have a really good short term memory and I only forgot one line in my TED talk. And I didn't didn't even realize till the end that I like glazed over the one sentence. But that was actually ended up coming back to bite me as I wanted to become a better public speaker and more seasoned. And I started working with a public speaking coach. You find that actually the best way to be a public speaker is to like loosely have a point like that you want to prove. And like maybe you have your transition sentence, but then like you trust yourself in that moment to get there and to communicate it. Mm. So I like kind of kicked myself in the foot because I like become good at something at almost memorizing. in the wrong way. Mm. And then I needed to become more intuitive and less of a perfectionist of like mm-hmm. I have to say it this perfect way. Um, and so that was really hard for me. But long story short, I was delivering keynotes and it was really taxing. Mm-hmm. It's 
if anyone's just giving a talk, it's emotionally taxing. But I was talking about my mental health journey and I was talking about suicidal ideation and it was really deep for me. And oftentimes I would tear up and that's real. And I got to a place where it was taking such an emotional toll on me to like take my trauma and like perfectly package it and then deliver it and like try to make sure that like, well, now I'm getting paid and did they like it and now I'm judging my story and like did I engage and it just it became this thing I got super in my head and if I had a keynote I would like literally consume me for like the week following the week leading up so I've recently switched my format and so now I do more of a keynote conversation so someone from the school or the the booking agent they have someone who goes through like a list of questions that like I've provided and they can of course add to and they essentially like walk me through like what I would have said, but it's so nice because I get to sit in the chair, that I get to so be nice. myself. I do when things come, like of course I know the way to say it and I can deliver these jokes that I know will land because it is an art, you know, like of course no one wants you to get up there and just wing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that has made it so much better for me. I used to not even work the day of a keynote. I'd be like, no one talked to me. I can't have anything on the calendar because like I was so anxious. And now it's like, you could throw me into that keynote conversation setting at any point in time and I would know I would do a good job. Well, now it's like a panel in a way. Fully, but it's yeah. like just me and yeah. I know the questions and yeah. So I, I I love that. And I'm really happy that I made that change for myself. Mm-hmm. And it's important for everyone to evaluate like what you're doing and how it's making you feel and like does it need to be this taxing? And mm-hmm. if not, like you can make an adjustment. It's probably more psychologically, I mean, I don't have the proof for this, but it's probably psychologically more entertaining as well because now there's another person involved they're asking you questions that they're probably thinking like it's psychologically it makes sense to me why that would almost land better right i um, think it's as a speech as well you're right it can be more engaging and it can be more intimate you don't worry about like when you are giving a keynote like you are worrying about audience attention like there's all these strategies of like let me tell you a story now let me give you the value takeaway Mm -hmm. because when i'm telling you the story you're just sitting back and you're listening and your brain it's not working. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm telling you the takeaway, you're in mode of like apply it to my life. Think. And that's strenuous on you. So then let me go back to a story like you are bringing the audience with you and you're very worried about their emotions. And when you're doing it, I'm reading their expressions. And if they don't laugh at this first joke, I'm like, OK, it's a stiffer crowd. But I'm in my mind. I'm not going to tell my next joke and I'm going to keep this more emotional. Like mm-hmm. you are picking up and reading a lot as you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And Gen Z, which is who you're speaking to, has the attention span of a goldfish. Yeah. And having those questions to break it up probably makes it like, oh, if I fall fell off the last question, I can get back in. Mm-hmm. Whereas sometimes like a hard, I remember like when I was young in church, I would like sometimes zone out the whole time because it was hard to get back in. Yeah. Um, during like a sermon or yeah. something. No, fully. But, um, okay, that's really interesting. Do you find public speaking and podcasting to be pretty similar or completely different in your head? I think they're similar in that, of course, if you're doing a podcast and you're talking a lot, you are good with words and good with conversation. And like that is, of course, it's going to help. Um, But they're definitely different in that I feel like the pressure for a public speech is a lot higher than a podcast. Mm -hmm. Like someone listening to my podcast is like, you know, they're just tuning in by choice because they want to listen. Whereas if I am, you know, going to an event and it's business and I'm working and they've chosen me to be the one to kick off their mental health week and like inspire their student body. Like Mm -hmm. it's not like I'm just swinging the mic around and just spewing what I have for the Wednesday, (laughs) you know? Um, Do you have any public speaking tips that aren't the obvious 
don't say like and um and stutter and be confident. You know what I mean? Yes. One thing that I think is big is always leading with honesty. I think it helps the speaker and it helps the audience. Like it brings everyone's guards down. What I mean by that is sometimes people will be really nervous or they'll feel like they won't have enough anything good to say Mm -hmm. and they'll think I have to pretend that that's not what I'm feeling and I have to go out there and fake it till you make it. No. Like when I went and I spoke at Harvard to a bunch of these female athletes, these women are geniuses. They're at Harvard. I could never get in there. The whole day I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, I'm not going to say anything worthy. Like there's, what could I say? I'm not smarter than them. Mm -hmm. And so literally instead of having this imposter syndrome and trying to pretend and go in there and be like, I am smarter and I can, like I literally opened it and I made some joke of, I'm pretty excited to be here uh, amongst you Harvard students. I don't know what you think you're going to learn from me, but I'll do my best. And like they all start laughing and I feel like I called out the elephant in the room that I'm nervous about. Mm -hmm. And it really just they now think that I'm being honest and I'm also like, okay, I'm not hiding anything. So leading with honesty, whether that's you're nervous or you're anxious or you haven't done this before. I think that's big. Um, I would also say... um, I think that the environment is important and sometimes like the flashing lights and the microphone and the and the camera video like it can all be a lot. Sometimes I will want the lights up and if I test that my voice can echo through the room, maybe I won't use the mic and to me like and if there's a stage um but you could also stand on the floor, like I like to be on everyone's level. So if I can speak on the same ground as that they're on. And if I can maybe not use a mic and project my voice to the hundred people in this small room, like I will. It creates intimacy. It makes me feel like I'm not mic'd up stiff. There's flashing lights. Mm-hmm. I can't even see the audience. I'm on a stage. Like the whole thing is making me feel like I'm superior and I'm mm-hmm. not. Like so I think, you know, I like to when I get to an environment, whether you're talking to tech about the lights and making mm-hmm. sure you can see faces. Like if I'm speaking and I can't see faces, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. Do you think good public speakers are also good at socializing? Yes. I almost feel like another question under this is like, are successful people narcissists? (laughs) (laughs) Or do you think so? My best friend and I talk about this all the time. Well, she's like, you you can't. Well, I, uh, I regret using that term because like I know real NPD people and unfortunately like it's it's much deeper than last just being like oh i need a narcissist yeah but like <laughs> is there an element of like having this belief that like you are great in some way because you believe you're great that's why you achieve the things um yes i feel like anyone who's going after it in life especially in this space mm-hmm. like you believe you have something i don't think but i don't think that's a bad thing you know mm-hmm. like we tell everyone believe in yourself go for your dreams and then the minute someone does it it's like oh my god I can't believe that they really thought that they could do it. Oh, like, I know. It's so crazy. You know, and it's, it's so wild. So I do think it's I think it's good to believe in yourself. I think it's good to believe you can provide value to the world and that you're smart and that you're capable. And so is everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I try to keep that front of mind. Like, I don't think I'm better than anyone in any way. Like, and if sometimes my ego tries to come in and say, like, oh, well, you should be sitting over here. Mm-hmm. You should have gotten this in the deal, whatever. I'm like. You know, I try to get back down mm-hmm. to earth, um, but those thoughts come in their normal. So, yeah, I I find that super interesting. The reason I ask is because I do think you're great at socializing, and 
one thing I do admire about you is you are really good at navigating a conversation like we talked about in the, in the beginning of this podcast. Like someone starts talking shit like the fact that you were confident enough to not just agree. And <laughs> it's it's hard to disagree. It would right? be. No, it and it's really hard is. to be confident enough to disagree. And then on top of that, know how to redirect the conversation. I think that is a skill. So my question is, there's a lot of listeners out there that struggle with social anxiety um, and networking and you know want to be this boss ass bitch but don't know how to work a room like you do so what tips and tricks would you give that person first of all i love this question i love these people like we're all different mm-hmm. and it's totally okay it doesn't have to be a flaw some people you know, I walk into a room and I'm talkative and I'm happy and I'm playing. And some people don't like that. They're like, oh my God, this girl's who's she talking? I don't even know her. You know, what you have is your superpower. Mm-hmm. Learn what your superpowers are and learn how to work them. And if yours is not being the uh, big talker of the room, don't don't fake it. Don't pretend that you are. If yours is, I am good one on one and I look them in the eye and I'm very present and. You know, I do good in a quiet, more intimate setting. Let that be your thing. Mm. And when you're in this big crowded room and someone else is working it and you have that side conversation, that person might be like, wow, I I really feel like in this crazy, chaotic, quick, fast, loud room, this was the one person that like looked me in the eye and took a minute to really be with me and like ask me about my job or my work. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's about finding what your superpower is and figuring out the best way that like you can use that in your favor Mm -hmm. and your superpower doesn't have to be mine or like anyone else's does that make sense yeah i think that was great and thank you for sharing that because i feel like a lot of people do struggle with social anxiety and you even if you do have it we can't tell so um (laughs) my anxiety is more performance based my i don't have social anxiety i agree with that I well, don't really struggle there's, with social there's anxiety nothing, either. Right, and there's nothing wrong with it. My anxiety manifests in sense of high performance. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when it, those moments I need to be really great at something and mm-hmm. then I feel it real bad. Yeah. It's it's interesting what everyone struggles with. It's always something different. Yeah. Um, and if that's you too, you can send a gorgeously composed email of your pitch and your thing. Like, it doesn't, Lord knows I'm not gonna be doing that. <laughs> right, it do, and there's a lot of um, etiquette and uh, impressiveness that comes with a beautiful email mm-hmm. and a follow-up or email. Or a written note. Yeah, a written or, note. Yeah. Um, I also think, once again, the honesty. Like, I had an interview with someone and I think there was a question that like they butchered and like it, they could have saved it by like emailing and being like, I just want to acknowledge I was caught off guard, but like I looked into it and here's what I would have said. Mm-hmm. Like I would, I would look at that with so much respect. Like if you're not a talker and you don't, that makes you uncomfortable. Like you can email, you can write a handwritten letter, drop off your resume, I love cover that. letter, Fine. honing in on your strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Victoria, I literally wish I could interview you all day, but you're booked and busy. So I have to unfortunately wrap this up, but I have to ask you one last question. What are you doing to make moves in your life right now? Ooh, What am I doing to make moves? I am trying to pause more. I feel like I have a resting frequency of super fast, get it done, get it done, go, 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 make the move, be the best, get Mm -hmm. you done. And I've started to realize that I know where I want to be. And I don't think the way to get there is it's like I'm doing everything and I'm not actually focused and I'm not have to recharge. Yeah. And then I'm doing things like to my 60 or 70 percent ability because I'm trying to do multiple things at once. 
So I think what I'm trying to do to make moves is like adjust the way I'm making them. And when I'm on the phone with someone, like really being on the phone with them and not also checking my emails while we're talking. And then that way they don't hit me up an hour later because I forgot to do the thing because I wasn't really listening. So I'd say I'm trying to slow down. That's really great. I love that. Um, Where can everyone follow you? Well, they can follow me on Instagram or TikTok mm-hmm. at Victoria Brown. And then my podcast is called Real Pod. So that's where you could listen to my voice every week, which is also weird. Do you ever feel that way? <laughs> Listening to your own um, podcast. Back. Yeah, it is weird. It's very you weird. You have a great voice, though. You have a lower register, like rasp. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. No, it is. I was just talking this morning on my vlog because I think I have the thing. Like, if I were a singer, like, I would have what Miley Cyrus You're, has. You are literally Christina Aguilera. <laughs> No, like I lose my, if I go out and I'm like out all night, I will lose my voice the next day and I'll have a rasp and I'm like, this is not normal, but thank you. It fortunately works with podcasting. Yeah. Anyway, Victoria, I love you so much. I love you too. Um, Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your wisdom and be sure to follow Victoria on everything. Listen to RealPod and um, subscribe to Making Moves. Give us five stars and be sure to make someone else's day this week. Peace. Love y'all. Thank you.